so good. Go, 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 The 12 days of restless. Day 9. Pastor Michael, we are ready to go hard with more of the 12 Days of Restless. Here we go, everybody. Let's go home. Or no, go. Uh, no, wait. Never mind. <laughs> we we want to go hard, not go home. I am at home. Uh, we are not recording together because tragically over the weekend, all my children started puking. And so we are. They, they went hard. They... <laughs> we, they went hard. I am at home and we are going to go hard with our old friend, Lecrae. Lecrae, another great YRR figure. Dude, classic, man. Even hearing that song, that brings me back, you know? Like that, I remember listening to that so much. And I, I didn't even listen to Lecrae as much as so many people oh. did, right? I mean, I, I had so many friends that like, this is what they listen to. I was listening to like Modest Mouse and, yeah. <laughs> while I was supposed to like stuff like Lecrae. But I did, like I enjoyed, you know, Lecrae at times. I, I remember... Uh, listening to uh is that what what's his one uh song church, is it church music what's the uh, uh, church clothes church clothes okay yeah there's just a lot of uh, a, a lot of his songs that still if i hear them it brings back memories you know it like brings me back to that time of life it's great yeah it's uh it's a really it's a great thing i remember back in the day defending to people that lecrae's music was better and more worshipful than most of the worship music sang in in the in the circles i ran in you went hard matt i went hard you went hard (laughs) i mean these guys back in the day right they they were they were trying to put reformed theology into into albums right and especially bless them for it you know especially in his album in uh the album rebel where rebel where both uh john piper and mark driscoll make appearances in those tracks i didn't know mark driscoll did yep so wow great so that that wonderful music has we has been brought to us by a a tweet from lecrae the other day and that tweet has given us a great another chance to go back into the 12 days of restless brought to you by the deacon of god our book trying to bring together the sources so you have an easy summary of the teaching on on the state, on citizenship, on the civil magistrate, along with lots of questions for you to either discuss or think through these things on your own. I think that this is a useful thing and hopefully will be encouraging to you. But today we are going to join in with Twitter as we think about Lecrae's tweet yesterday and how that all went. So Lecrae made an announcement on Twitter. Uh, a thing I also do not recommend any of our listeners do. Do not announce things you do on Twitter unless you <laughs> want people to talk about it. Um, he just said, just did communion at home with wheat bread and apple juice. Hope this still counts. Emoji with a guy with his arms. So. <laughs> so. Well, we can uh, help you out. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Pastor Michael responded, as many people did, that this did not uh, count. Pastor Michael, what I don't know if you saw or didn't see were the people who who perhaps went even further than 
our old friend Lecrae. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even look at this tweet. I I I did. I saw. I think I saw other people sharing it. It's one of those things where like I see it, but I I honestly very seldom go down these rabbit holes, um, which I don't like. It it's honestly just because it's not because I'm not interested. Obviously, we do entire podcasts about tweets. In fact, we're doing twelve days. <laughs> of basically just tweets. So it's not that I'm like above getting into the mix of Twitter because obviously that's not true. But uh, a lot of times it's just like on the basis that I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter because I don't have time, you know? So I'm, I'm kind of busy. Uh, I, I can't just go down every rabbit trail. I have to share with, you know, somebody who asked me about homesteading the sources that I would point him to. I'd rather do that. So Esther Michael is not above these things on Twitter because it's not beneath me to make him talk to me about them. <laughs> so let's let's look at how some people responded with some encouragement. It said, we totally did communion with... <laughs> Sorry, this is so bad. <laughs> we totally did communion with uh, RV sandwich bread and kids' grape juice boxes oh, because it's no. all we had. He knows and is still in it. Oh, no. Oh, Lord have mercy. Back in college, we did communion with... <laughs> 3D Doritos and Code Red Mountain Dew done in the right spirit, it still counts. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. Recently had communion with Bojangles biscuits and cheer wine. I really think this is the best representation of the bread of life and the blood of Jesus. Uh, <sighs> um, so we've we've uh borderline veered into blasphemy here. Um it's so horrible. I did not go down this. And I can't, and the, I can't believe that you have dragged me down into this like seedy underbelly of Twitter. <laughs> Pastor Michael, I think we'll get into what's wrong with this, but I want, I think what it needs to be said is basically everyone who's, who was, who was rooting this on was doing it in the done in the right spirit. It counts. I think that summarizes exactly how people who were like, don't worry about it, or this is good. What is the Pastor Michael? Obviously, there's something wrong with this. If it's done in the right spirit, it counts. What is yeah. what are they doing there? I mean, that's just this is the general evangelical approach to spirituality, right? So, like my my personal uh, subjective like desire for this to be a good thing, or my my uh, heart makes this a good thing before God. Rather than saying what we've done is we've, you know, kind of talked through things like the regulative principle and other other issues like this saying, OK, well, what we want to do is we want to go to the word of God and say, what has God uh, asked us to do? What has God required us to do? What has God said you should do? Uh, and then what like how do we respond to that uh, in obedience out of love, out of out of our, our love for God and and what he has required of us? Uh, but one of the issues with this is that as soon as it becomes a subjective thing, right? So like God receives it because of where my heart is at. All of a sudden that like, that is a, uh, that is a car without brakes. You, that you've just opened up the floodgates. There's no, like, there's no limiting principle to that, right? God accepts my marriage, even though I'm a man and my spouse is a man because our hearts are right, you know, because yep. our hearts are right toward him. Well, obviously, a lot of these people commenting on Lecrae's thing would probably say, well, I don't know what they would say, but I hope that a lot of them would say, well, obviously, you know, scripture's definition of marriage is a certain way. And so we're going to you know, keep it that way. One man, one woman uh, for life, et cetera. But that is where this goes. Like that's that that is the same 
the same kind of principle that is at work whenever any of what God has said has been thrown out. Yes, yes. If if there was ever a part of the Lord's Supper or or things in the Bible that was not subjective, it would be something, an ordinance, an ordained thing, a thing that we were given a direct instruction on. And and there are lots of disagreements about the Lord's Supper, which we could potentially cover, right? Whether you're a Lutheran, whether you're a Baptist, whether you're a Presbyterian, we all agree it's an ordinance. Or Anglican, we know we got a lot of oh, yeah, a lot of the... whether whether you're a Baptist or now Anglican. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 really know about the ordinance, right? Because all we're saying with an ordinance is that it was ordered, right? He gave it an order. And so whatever, whether or not you switching in Doritos for bread is legitimate is not based on your feeling about it. It is yeah. directly based on if when Christ ordered this, that's okay. Because it is, it is a, it sounds like a crazy jump, but it isn't. Pastor Michael isn't making a crazy jump when he says, based on that argument, then get, you would be allowed to do gay marriage because you're saying that God instituted this and I can I can swap in different things that I want to if if it's done in the right spirit. Yeah, if it's done in the right spirit, if I if I am true, if I am sincere in what I am doing, and if I am if I sincerely believe that what I'm doing is something that God would want, then He will accept it. As if my sincerity is the basis upon which God accepts sacrifice, which it's not. Right? It is not. It it is based on Christ and uh, what what He has found uh, acceptable in Christ, and so. Um, even like, even if I take this on the level of personal experience, I can tell you, there are many things I've done in my life with absolute sincerity that God wants me to do this. And I can now look back on and say that was sinful or that was wrong. That like, I should not have done that. I should not have thought that, um, I've done things that I believed God wanted me to do that I now know to be wrong because I have a deeper and more mature understanding of what he's revealed. And so like, yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a bad it's a bad way to go. So Pastor Michael, we're going to talk about on a, beyond just this, this sincerity makes right. We're going to talk about what's actually wrong with this practice. And so Pastor Michael, since you didn't go down this rabbit hole, you did not get to see this beautiful video, a great video, a great palate cleanse for you of fired up young RC Sproul. So Let's let's let Pastor Pastor Michael. Will you just describe the expression it appears RC has on his face? Oh, in man, this it's picture? a great it's a great like curmudgeon. Like he is as mad at you as you could imagine. Like you just like you feel bad just seeing RC Sproul's face like this. You feel like you have sinned. <laughs> like you just assume you've done something really wrong. And so I just screenshotted that. We will we will be sure to share that along with the show. So we will listen to this clip someone found of. Uh, Dr. R.C. in his younger years uh, about apparently this issue. So I said, you want to know why we don't have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Coca-Cola at Holy Communion? Because Jesus never consecrated peanut butter and jelly or Coca-Cola. That's where to kill him. So said, he just wanted to kill him. So Pastor Michael, R.C. is fired up. Yeah, I've evidently... Bad evidently getting a question about this at one point and his response is because jesus didn't consecrate those things coca-cola or peanut butter now we will get down to that question but i want to start on a more broad level 
uh, because I actually think that this is when we get down to the level where RC is, it actually might be a bit of a difficult conversation. Okay, so here's the here's me on the most broad strokes. One way I can tell you the start of that tweet, we were we were already in trouble. Just did communion at home. Yep. So we've already violated at least what is an accepted principle within the reform world of no private masses. That you don't take communion. It is actually not a personal, it is not a personal uh, ordinance for you. It is something that is done in the body of Christ. Um, this is obviously uh, the reason that the Protestants believe it's to be done under an ordained leader. But, but Pastor Michael is in a denomination, for example, that he can actually, he, he, my family is ill, he could not come, even if we were to be out of church for quite some time, he could not come alone and give me the Lord's Supper. That's true. We could. I mean, we can bring communion. He would uh, have to, to bring at least another person. Yes. Why? Why would you have to do that, Pastor Michael? Yeah, because there's no such thing as private communion. Because we, we because uh, communion itself, even the the what communion represents, that we are one body in Christ, right? Just as there is one loaf of bread, and uh, uh, you know, different pieces are taken from it. That we are one. It is. It is something that was uh, commanded by God to be done by by Christ to be done. Uh, not, not as a, an act of personal piety or virtue, but as an act of the church, right? This is, this is a, a way in which God has promised to meet with his people, uh, but it's with his gathered people. Now we would at times, what we would do is uh, if we do have somebody that is homebound for some reason, they're not able to make it. We do sometimes take people communion, um, but it's on the same day that we do communion with everyone else and we bring at least two elders with so that there are, there is a, a, a full, uh, you know, representative group of the church in other words, uh, because it's, it's an, ex, it's not, it is not private communion. It is extending what we have done together, uh, to those who for, you know, some reason or another may not be able to actually come and gather, mm-hmm. uh, with everybody else. But this is, like far and wide different from I'm just like, I'm sitting at home and I'm quick, like grabbing stuff and I'm throwing it in my mouth. And like, this is a lot of people would understand that this would be a problem if you had somebody that came into your church and they just said, yeah, well, I just like last night, I just baptized my baby. They were taking a bath and I just baptized them. Or, you know, for our Baptist friends, like, you know, I was uh, baptizing my, (laughs) I was my, 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 my older child was bathing and I decided we're just going to turn this into a, uh, uh, baptism. Uh, you, like you would like to think that wouldn't you Pastor Michael? <laughs> I, I think you might be a little more mistaken since no, I know that this happened. So I'm not, how I'm many, how, that this happens. who of us hasn't been in a college group or leading a certain part of a college group and like, dude, this has just been such a great night together. Let's do communion. Let's fire it off. I've done it, man. Oh man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've done it. I've led it. I've led yeah, communion so, as a not ordained man in just like a group of like kids, basically. Right. Yep. Like what I would now describe as kids. And we're just like, hey, yeah, we should do this because it's right. Uh, and we were very sincere about it. Oh, yeah. We were sincerely wrong about how we treated the Lord's and, Supper. And now I don't know how many college ministries would do this. Um, and I don't know if even the one I was in would have any more. I was pulled aside and said, that is something for the church to do. And I was shocked. Yeah. I was I was shocked and impressed yeah. at, at this wow. point. That's awesome. And, now, I know that even these kinds of groups still uh, will do it at their conferences and stuff. Now, this is, again, this is another problem. But, I, Pastor Michael, should I give one uh, one maybe 
just a little bit too close to home critique of this. That is a also a common practice. Oh, let's do it. If at your wedding, the bride and the groom were served communions and nobody else was. Now, I, I think it could be different if the if this was a church and everyone receives communion. But if this was just something due for uh, was done because it was kind of a meaningful thing for the bride and groom. That's not a, what it was for. Again, I'm not a, but you've turned it into a private communion and one that is meant to be dis right. We're all, we are on our way to the Roman Catholic system there because mm. now the communion is something I watch and that's yeah. good. It's good for me to watch other people do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, so I've actually, I've run into this now as a pastor. Like I'm like, I have worked with, you know, multiple couples in premarital counseling and like right from the start, uh, early on, it comes up, Hey, what's it, you know, what, what are your expectations about what you would like in the wedding? And I make it very clear, like I cannot participate in doing that sort of a thing, right? I can't participate in a private communion, uh, service for you. And there's a lot of like, again, well-meaning people who just want to honor God with their wedding. And so they're like, Hey, well, like we've yeah. seen this done. Like we just want to honor God. And we know that communion is an important thing in the church. Yeah, and it's, it, every single the, time that I have said, listen, like the communion is something like the Lord's supper is an ordinance for the gathered church. It's not something to be taken privately almost always right away. It's just like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I just never thought about yeah. it. You know, like it's just a lot of people just haven't thought about these things. Nope. And nope. probably that's true here of Lecrae, right? Like he, yep. he, like he's been told, Hey, you're at home. We're doing this quarantine thing. We still want to do communion. Cause we don't really like have a like worked out view of what exactly communion is and what it like represents and symbolizes and what it does and how God meets with us in it. But like, let, we still want to do it. We want to be sincere before God and do it. Yep. So why don't you grab something in your house and we'll just yep. do this together. And, and this guy, this guy attempted to, to grab things that would actually resemble communion. He, he knew he wasn't like code red and Doritos. Oh, man, like, that, yeah. <laughs> I got an RB sandwich. I'm taking a bite. Um, oh, it's so bad. So actually, Pastor Michael, before we get to what actually I think a, a relatively happy ending here, why, Pastor Michael, do the elements matter? And how much do you want to say they matter? Yeah. So this is actually a really important, it's an important conversation. It's also, uh, this is not as straightforward a conversation, I think, or mm-hmm. as we get into more detail, right? So, um, the elements matter because even as, uh, you know, our, uh, our good friend, uh, Dr. R.C. Sproul said in his younger years, uh, Jesus did not consecrate Doritos and coat red. He didn't say that. He said peanut butter and jelly and whatever else, uh, mm-hmm. but like these are these are what Jesus commanded us to use, right? So so Jesus commanded particular things to be used, um, and it's not just as though it's just because Jesus used particular words, or the Gospels, or Paul used particular words um, to describe what we're supposed to use. That is true, but also the the whole flow of Scripture and the the symbolism within the whole flow of Scripture uh, uses these things in a particular way. The fruit of the vine, the cup. Uh, in other words, and bread. And like these things matter theologically as symbols. Uh, And it's, you know, it's, I want to be careful because I don't believe I, so I, you know, um, we'll get into this conversation. I'm sure there are some that believe, therefore you have to use wine, for instance, you have to use fermented grape juice in order to uh, like actually participate in the Lord's supper in a faithful way. 
And uh, I don't, I mean, I, at the church, I'm going to uh, lead communion this coming Sunday and we will use grape juice. And I don't have uh, a bad conscience about that. I don't think that that's wrong. Um, I, I believe it's perfectly reasonable to uh, extend uh, what wine was uh, in Jesus' day, what exactly it, it, it was. What I mean, the Gospel of Luke specifically uses the term fruit of the vine. Uh, and so uh, there's even a debate just linguistically around that. Uh, but uh, the word wine is used uh, many times in our confession. It, it's used throughout the scripture um, to describe what's being used. And so I think it's a legitimate question to say, well, should we be using wine? And there's part of me that actually thinks maybe we should be only in the way that I do think that it adheres more faithfully to uh, uh, much of what the scripture does for symbolism in the same way that like currently we use, you know, uh, a kind of, you know, cracker basically uh, that we use for the bread. And, and we have in the past that sometimes used uh, a full loaf uh, that Mm -hmm. is broken and then used, uh, but we don't do that every week. And there's part of me that thinks maybe we should be using a full loaf regularly because that is more the, the symbolism, the imagery. Which, and it's part of what Paul says as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so there's like, there's something to that, that I, I, I want to like give some respect to credibility to. Um, I don't think it is. I think that there are some people today who uh, for like lack of a better word, it's, it's like a new kind of fundamentalism or a kind of legalism that would say, well, because the Bible uses these exact words, it has to be these exact things. Um, but we don't like, so there, there are certain, uh, there is a line, right? And, and I don't know that I have the best answer for uh, where exactly the line is. I can tell you that like, you know, uh, the juice from grapes being used in both cases. And I mean, grape juice is not something that was invented until much more recently, by the way. So like anytime you talk about like wine versus grape juice, uh, I think it's very reasonable to think that like in the ancient world, something like grape juice, a way to preserve the juice from grapes would have been considered in the same family of whatever we're using, right? right? I mean, the reason that wine was so common was in large part because it was a way to uh, actually sterilize the drink. It was, it was mm-hmm. like a safe way to drink water or to drink anything when you didn't have that. But there is more to it too, right? So, so wine is given to gladden the hearts of men, the psalmist says. And, and there are elements of like festivity of, of a wedding feast. Jesus, multi- like he turns water into wine. Uh, and I think that matters when, you know, and it's at a wedding feast. And one of the things we're talking, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, communion is the, the picture and revelation of the wedding feast of the lamb that we're invited to, we're participating in even now. Uh, and yet we'll participate in the, in, in the, the greatest of ways, uh, in the resurrection. And so like, there are these, there are these elements that I think, uh, mean that we should not be careless about how we think about this. So if somebody was to say to me, I think that we should only be using wine. I don't like that we use grape juice. I would say that's at least an interesting point, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're seeking to apply the scripture and I will at least like meet you there. I don't think that you can draw a hard line there, but I think you can draw a hard line when you say it doesn't matter what elements we use. Right. Uh, yes. So it does matter, right? Bread and the fruit of the vine, right. uh, the cup and the bread, like th- these things are are required. They're, they are, they are commanded. Um, as far as like, what, what does wine mean? It's like, okay, I like, I'm not, I don't know that there is a firm line that scripture draws there. Just right. What you're saying is I am confident there is a line. And just because 
we may differ on exactly where that line means doesn't mean it's irrelevant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and further, again, you are defending like what is so cl- you are defending like how, right. How different it, it, the difference between you and like the RB sandwich and Coca-Cola, <laughs> right. The, the, these things are, are so clearly out of line. And I'm sure there's someone with that deeply ready to fight on the internet heart. Who's like, ha, see you saying that that leads to use of Coke. Um, and I would say that, <laughs> That, no, that really is no, by the way, that, of course. that and that's even why I said it, because I know that there are like people in the reform church right now, probably because our society is disintegrating and they're looking to latch on to anything that is outward and meaningful and connects you to the past. And so they, they, they're just looking for new lines to draw yeah. and it's and, understandable, like thing that you do when the entire world is imploding around you, you're yeah. trying to draw lines to save something. But you're like, it's the common fundamentalist mistake of just drawing hard lines where they don't need to be drawn. Whereas, whereas saying where again, like, and the, the elements at Christ's covenant, right. They are consecrated and set apart. Right. But again, are you again with how, with how, how hard do you want to hit this? Because even if you want to say like, oh, so you don't use wine, I guess you're not really doing it. I mean, I felt that way. I remember when I, I think I remember I mentioned on this podcast, the first time I had wine with communion was at Mars Hill. Ironically, it was also via intinction. It was also via <laughs> um, go and get it on your own. And so at that moment, I thought to myself, wow, I think I'm taking communion for the worst time because of wine. Whereas everything else about the equation I just explained. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is- and this is where like, so this is the problem that I see really is is not that there's not a valid conversation to be said as far mm-hmm. as like, how do we, how are we the most faithful with yeah. using what uh, God would have us use? How do we, I mean, this is the conversation when any time that we're talking about the regulative principle and wanting our worship to be acceptable to God, are yeah. there ways that our worship can improve? Mm-hmm. Yes, always. Like there, there's always going to be some way in which we can continue to uh, move our worship in a direction that is more, more pleasing in God's sight. Not because he doesn't accept our imperfect worship because he does by the blood of Christ. Like he, he does because Christ mediates for us, but that is not, uh, because I am his son and I want to please my heavenly father. I want to not just do the bare minimum. Like I made it right. Yes. I don't want to just, okay, well quick, like I better like scramble and find something to throw in my mouth because I think God said something about that. <laughs> like, no, I, like, I want to be as, I want to be as faithful as I can, not out of, yes. a, a, you know, not because I think I'm going to merit my salvation, but because God has saved me and I want to do that for him. I, I want to please my father. And so uh, like, it is, it is a, a very like valid conversation to say, is there a way that we could improve upon this? Um, what happens a lot of the time is uh, a new sense of legalism comes in where you draw these hard lines and you say, okay, well, now we're the real ones, right? Like we're the real Christians or we're the only ones that are doing it. Or like, if you're not doing this, it's a problem. And so people start breaking fellowship over the bread. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. Or if it was food. a loaf of bread. Right. Or the uh, host. Yeah. Or a cracker. Like the part of the reality of communion is that we are one in Christ and, and you are dividing over it. And, and there is a place to divide over it where it is no longer what Christ has commanded. Uh, but it does seem to me that that, that goes a bit too far sometimes. So, so let's give Lecrae some, some deserved credit. And um, 
tell the sort of happy-ish ending to this story. So for clarity about my communion post, he posted this today. I learned a lot. Didn't realize it was such a touchy subject. Thanks for grace. This link specifically resonated with me. Thanks for the dialogue. Lecrae basically admits, oh, wow, I guess I didn't realize the seriousness. Now, a slight bit concerningly, the link he sent out is to a messianic uh, Jewish outreaches website about the Yeshua and the Jewish roots of all of this, which, again, not denying that the, it, Jesus isn't taking over the Passover, but again, that uh, you know, it's it's not without it. But but again, I'm I'm trying to commend him, and I'm and I'm I'm still doing the restless thing. <laughs> and we're, we're winsome, but also we're not winsome <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, is thank you. He just said, "Hey, I learned something," and whether or not what he how much he learned or not is is not that. But he just said, "Hey, I I didn't I did not get what I was putting out there." And yeah. if you if you like Pastor Michael and I have led a illicit communion service if you have had um yeah just diminished views or incorrect views of this let me just read to you one question from the larger catechism that i think is really helpful there's a there are like three or four questions about the lord's supper that just kind of give you some really basic stuff but the specific it's always great when we get to look at church history which is why as we mentioned long ago you should look at the deacon of god Sorry, my daughter ran through. Why you should look at the deacon of God when it comes to the matters of the civil magistrate is sometimes these kinds of questions were directly answered by people bathed in the scriptures, considered all these things deeply. So here is question 169 from the larger catechism. How hath Christ appointed bread and wine to be given and received in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper? That is the direct question we have been discussing. Yep. Christ has appointed the ministers of his word in the administration of the sacraments of the Lord's Supper to set apart the bread and wine from common use by the words of institution, thanksgiving and prayer to, to break the bread and to give both the bread and wine to the communicants who are by the same appointment to take and eat the bread and drink the wine in thankful remembrance that the body of Christ was broken and given and his blood shed for them. Now, this is not everything. The larger catechism says on the Lord's Supper, it describes how Christ is present. It describes other things. But this is so helpful because it describes essential elements. It describes a minister of God's word being there. In, in, in our case, the specific thing we're talking about is this: these elements were set apart from common use. They were set apart from common use by the words of institution and prayer. That is what is in many ways sets apart what is happening in churches like pastor michael's and what is happening at home with an rbc join us tomorrow for even more restless